0: dum 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 have dum 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 the dum and You wonderful is your name come on in everyone share and notify share and notify thank you so very much good evening good evening come on in share and notify come on in share and notify share And notify. Come on in. Manifesting God podcast is on the air. Hey, hey, hi, Papa. Good evening. Hi, Mama. Hello, Mother. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining. Come on in. Come on in. Don't forget to share and notify. Wonderful, oh, wonderful, come on in share and notify the manifesting God podcast with lord in the air <laughs> hello hello come on in share and notify welcome welcome share and Notify manifesting God podcast is on the air. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Come on in, share and notify. Hello, hello. Come on in, share and notify. Woo. You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining. Welcome to another Monday evening. It's the Manifesting God Podcast. Again, I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. And as usual, if you're under the sound of my voice, not only has God kept you, but God has healed you. God has restored you. He has restored your mind. He has restored your wealth. God is doing a mighty thing in you because He has a mighty work for you. And we thank you so much for joining us on this evening. Let's get over to Mark 5. Let's get over to Mark 5 and get started this evening with what we're going to talk about. What we're going to talk about, because we, we understand that uh, the, that, uh, the, la- over the last few weeks, we talked about, you know, the unwitting accomplice, uh, reviewing for the month. And we talked about last week, we talked about the unwitting accomplice, actually a part one and a part two. And then we talked about the prayer, the prophecy and the purpose on last week. And we just want to get into a little bit more of that, give you a little bit more of what God is saying to you in this time, this season of our lives where he's doing works that I, I promise you, we can't comprehend. If you thought of it, it's better than that. If you if you analyze it, if you're analytical like me, and if you analyze it, put a whole plan together, I promise you it's bigger than that. Just when I put one business plan together, I will go to sleep and wake up and that plan has already expanded like seven fold. I'm telling you, God is doing a mighty thing. Our job is just to show up show up and agree with him. Can we do that? Show up and agree with God. Show up and agree with God. Agree with him. Mark five. Let's go there. Let's talk. I'm going to get into a little bit more of where I'm going with this. Mark five, one. It says there, they went across the lake to the region of the garrisons, And I'm in the NIV version, okay? Um, when Jesus, in verse two, it says, when Jesus got out of the boat, A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. And impure here is not uh, meaning, as the Jewish would say, ceremonially unclean, but it's meaning from the tombs, as in from a dead place. That's the impure spirit. This man, verse 3 tells us, he lived in the tombs, excuse me, and no one could bind him any more. No one could bind him any more. Not even with a chain. He could not be bound even with the chain. And this tells us that they previously tried. They've been bound and binding this guy for some time and no one could bind him anymore. Not even with the chain. Verse four says, for he had often been chained, chained. And to make that bold in your Bible, he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. No one. And then it says in verse five, night and day <clears throat> among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. <laughs> when he saw jesus from a distance he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him let me pause right there because there's something interesting here to note as we continue to read and sink uh, if you if you consider something like it says that you know that he was that he was in the tombs and it said that he had been a tomb hand and foot and it said that um that he tore the chains apart and he broke the irons on his feet. And it says that no one was strong enough to subdue him. And he would cry out and he would cut himself. And see, when you think of him, see, I ask questions. As we study our Bible, we have to learn to ask questions of the scripture. Ask questions. What does that mean? So the first thing that came to mind, okay, he's in the tombs. And what did that mean? to them. What did that mean to those living around him that he was in the tombs? What did the Greek use the tombs for? So when I looked it up, it said the Greek burial traditions on the third day of the funeral procession, women would perform violent displays of grief by crying out to please what they referred to as a dead spirit. So much so that some of the laws literally forbade them to perform because of the noise that would come with it during the profession. They were told to save it, basically, until they get to the tombs. And here in this place is where this man lived. And it didn't get get past me that the place that he lived in, the tradition that was associated with the place, He was carrying out that tradition magnified. Magnified, so he was crying out to uh to uh crying out and he was and he was cutting himself with stones. But that crying out piece, he was crying out in a grief, just like when people came when they came to bury their dead in the tombs and they were crying out out of control, crying out out of control, noise to the point where it says that when they came, there were actually laws that said, Hey, say that until you get there, but don't come through the streets with that disruption. So he was being disruption in this. It's like I said, it hasn't gotten past me that the spirit of those tombs, he literally was living it every day. He was literally living it every day. Also to note, When these uh, grievers, professional grievers as they were, went to the tomb and, and made their big performance of crying with grief, they also on purpose made themselves look dirty. They made, they put dirt on and made themselves look dirty. They were on purpose trying to look unclean, on purpose. That was part of their expression of grief. Again, we have this man that's living in the tombs, and everything that is normally a part of the expression, the burial expression of the uh, of the culture of the Greek, he is literally living it out every single day. They come to bury a person; they're crying out. they're they've made themselves look dirty, clothes ripped. They made themselves look unkept and unclean, and he is literally living this out every single day. They only do it when they come to bury the dead, but he's living in the dead place. He's living in the tombs. So he's carrying out these rituals, this this practice every day, all day long, all day long. So after considering that, You know, when you read the word of God, we want to we don't want to just be reading it. We want to try and understand it. And so when I look at uh, the scripture and I understand what the tombs were used for, what the Greeks used the tombs for and how they um, bought their dead to those tombs, I have to pause and kind of think, okay, what does that look like today? What exactly does that look like today? And remember, we're over in Mark five, and I've read verses one through six, and I'm just elaborating a little bit here. And we want to understand what does that look like to us today. So, if we think about um, today, this man was literally stuck in a practice. He was stuck in a ritual. Um, We might say today that he was stuck. in a a religious practice. How about that? For the church today, uh, possibly stuck in a religious practice, stuck in a place where you're over and over and over again, performing, performing what goes with that practice. Over and over again, performing what goes with that practice. So when we consider what goes with the religious practice, it looks a lot like the rituals that the Greek performed, just such a display, such a performance, um, such an attempt at looking a certain way. Remember, they purposely looked unclean. They they purposely gave a loud loud cries as an expression or performance of Greek as a, a means of paying homage to the dead spirits. And today, today, let's take it to today. Today, there are, there are those of us who are stuck in, just, just look at it for what it is, stuck in a practice stuck in a, a way of doing things, a way of looking, a way of dressing, a way we say is to give homage to God. We say that, that it is to praise God. We say that it is to worship God. But these scriptures here are telling us that, wait a minute, it's a it's a practice. We're doing the same thing just as he did the same thing every single day he got stuck he got stuck in the dead place doing the dead things stuck in the dead place doing the dead things he's doing the the ritual practices that they would do when they come to the tomb and this is his life over and over and over again Again, see in the world today, if we want to take it outside the church, they are, some are committed or chained to, remember I told you to highlight that, their way of life. It's easier to commit to that way of life than to change the practices that no longer benefit you. They no longer benefit you. They no longer serve a purpose at all in your life. They no longer represent the the choices that you've made or the outcomes that you decided that you need. It's out of control. It's out of control, just as he was out of control, out of control. See, when you're reading the Bible and you're looking, don't read it as just a story. Look at it as what is God trying to tell me right now? What is he trying to tell me about uh, a situation or a circumstance right now? Have I seen this before? Can I identify with it? And if so, how? Is it in my life? Is it around me? Come on, we have to begin to examine the scriptures and see where we can be found. Because God is talking. He is talking, but it's up to us to decide to listen. And listening takes time. It takes time. So we see here a gentleman that is out of control in the tombs, just like we see in the world, like I said, out of control. You see it you cry out, but you can't seem to walk away from it. He could not seem to walk away from the tombs. He could not seem to move away from the ritual practices of burial. He could not seem to get away with it. Just as in the world today, some of us are able to walk away from a job. We're unable to walk away from a habit, unable to walk away from that man, from that woman, from that life. Even though we feel that emotional detachment, even though we feel that sting of abuse, even though we feel that regret, we're still chained to it. We're still chained to it. We're still chained to it. That is, that is until Jesus shows up, just like he did in this gentleman's life. Just like he did for him, he does for us. He shows up. And the gentleman ran to him, just like some of us. We run to him. We fall to our knees. It seems to be a position of submission. But then what you're committed to starts to talk. Just as in this gentleman, I thought when he fell to his knees in front of Jesus, that he was going to say, oh, save me. Oh, deliver me, Jesus. I know you have the power, but instead those spirits started to talk what he had committed his body to started to talk and they started begging. They started begging, literally Jesus, that they remain, that they not be cast out. Just the opposite happened. How many of us can say that we have been in that place, that place of practice over and over again? We feel the emotional sting. We feel the physical sting, and we still stay there. When Jesus comes, Jesus shows up to rescue us. We fall on our knees, and then those demonic forces start talking what we're chained to start talking what we're chained to begs not to be released what we're chained to begs to 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 still live on in us and through us and that's in the world, and and it's not much different in our churches. Some are committed to religious practices, some live in them just like he lived in the tune, some are even chained to them. Come on, it sounds familiar. Some are chained to those practices, some find it much easier to live among, with, and in that dead space when the Lord Jesus Christ, who represents He represents every opportunity of life. We reject that gift because it goes against our comfort. It goes against what we know. It goes against what should be dead to us. We are the ones that continually resurrect it. We continually resurrect it. One might say, one might say we're even out of control. We're out of control. We see the gatherings for some are daily as a means of maintaining those religious practices. Don't think it a small thing that these de- demonic forces tortured this man until this man stayed in that ritual, stayed in that practice, stayed in that burial ritual over and over and over again as a means and then was loud about it, crying out loud hurting himself, forcing others to bind him up and bound him up in chains. It was a means of the loudness was a means of forcing others to commit to his practices. The the demonic forces need to get attention. They needed to draw others to them. Some of us in our churches, we cry out, We violently expressing our praise and our admonition of the dead things over and over again, causing harm to ourselves physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Come on. Does this sound familiar to you? Does this sound familiar to you? Are you chained? Are you chained to the tomb? Are you chained to the tomb? Are you chained? chained? Does it sound familiar to you? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever been around it? Have you ever been a part of it? Has it been you hopelessly chained to out of control, religious practices only to perform the ritual cry and experience the emotional regret over and over, just conflicting wounds, conflicting wounds over and over can't get beyond it, can't get Can't get past it. And you think when Jesus shows up, you run to him, you come to yourself, you run to him. And then those demonic forces start talking, talk you right back into that re- religious practice. If you're in the world, talk you right back into that ritual practice, talk you right back into that abusive relationship, talk you right back into that emotional abuse. Abusive relationship, talk you right back into those friends that don't appreciate you, talk you right back into those people that don't love you, talk you right back into the thing that you just got out of, the thing that you, when you saw Jesus from afar, not you recognized him from afar and you ran to him and those demonic forces convinced, convinced, convince you to just let it be, to just let it. Be. See, what happened in verse seven is he shouted to the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God In God's name? Don't torture me. Remember, I'm in the NIV version. And that struck me as odd because I was like, what do you mean? Don't torture you. You're chained by your hands and your feet. You're chained by others because of your lack of control. Because of your lack of discipline, you're chained. It's reported that you live in a dead place. You live in the tombs where they bury the dead folks. And you're good with that. It's also reported that you cry out randomly and you even hurt your own self by cutting yourself. When I read that, I found self-sabotage. You even hurt your own self by cutting yourself. And you're looking at God and all of a sudden you're looking at God in the flesh. You're looking at Jesus and you're saying, don't torture me. You telling your freedom, not to, you are the one when you are the, when you are the one already in a state of torture. You are living in a state of torture. You are living in a state of regret. You are living in a state of emotional abuse. You're even living in a state at this point of self, sab, self-sabotage. And you're telling Jesus, don't torture you don't torture you let me let me keep my my religious practices if you're in the world let me keep my ritual practices i need to hold on to these things because these things are my home they're my home they're they're the tomb that i built for myself i am comfortable there i know what's going to happen there it's the place where i live it's the place where I dwell. It's the place that makes me happy. Yes, I cry out. Yes, I cut myself. But I'm trying to get, I'm trying, I'm self-sabotaging, cutting myself because I need attention, because I need somebody to feel what I feel. I need to lure others into my practices. I need to lure others into my religious practice, my ritual practices. I need to lure others into my place of discomfort content. Okay. Let me continue. Let me continue. Verse eight says, for Jesus said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. See, Jesus knew who he was talking to. He knew that it wasn't the man. He knew that it was the demonic forces that had taken over the man. He knew this. He was very clear on who he was talking to. Get this. Then he said, then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And then he said, my name is Legion. He replied for we are many. And that caught my attention because I'm like, but you just called them an impure spirit. You knew who he was. Why did you need to know his name? And God said, that was for you all. That's for the reader. You need to know That the demonic forces' name is Legion. You need to know that they are many because we were born, we were birthed to walk in the freedom of God. We were birthed to walk in the promises and the plans that God has for our lives. We don't understand the power that we have in God. Therefore, legions, legions, many, it takes many it takes legions to hold you in the dead place so now the question becomes what legions have you surrendered to what have you surrendered to because it takes legions it takes many we are children of god born with power and with might. It takes legions. It takes many to hold us in a dead place. So if you're looking around and everything around you is dead, what have you submitted to? How many have you submitted to to, in order to stay in that dead place, chained? Furthermore, chained to that dead place. Furthermore, Christ crying out from that dead place, furthermore, hurting your own self. See, there's a there's something that we're not seeing in the scripture that we have to grab hold of. He was chained to the dead place. He cried out from the dead place. He cut himself in the dead place. Do it backwards, do it backwards. I cut myself, I, chained, I cry out, I'm chained to it. I'm chained to it at the ultimate and I'm chained to it a disciplined one would not be chained they chained they chained him to it because he was out of control he was out of control so could it be that we are chained to the tomb because we don't want to admit that we're undisciplined we're out of control we're out of control and it's easier rather than try and control me it's easier to let demonic forces do it it's easier to submit to demonic forces and allow them to hold me captive rather than rather than exercise a level of maturity and discipline and break free it only comes it's only in the, it only takes the word of my mouth it only takes the word of my mouth See, we're 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 crying out, uh, crying out because of so many different things, so many different things. And and what it really comes down to, what it really comes down to, is somewhere down the line. Like I couldn't find it anywhere in scriptures. Uh, theologians don't talk about it because I was like, how how bro, How you get? How did you come? How did you come to be living in the tomb to begin with? How'd you come to be living in the dead place to begin with? And then as I began to search, 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 I found out that it was not uncommon for people without a home in that culture to live in the tombs because the tombs were a huge uh, cave and so they could go inside and be there for shelter they can go inside and have covering so they would go into the tomb as a means of safety a, a covering because they had no place else to go and there are times in our lives when yes we feel like we have no place to go. And so we have to be careful that where we end up, or we're unsure of where we're going. So we have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to be living amongst dead things simply because of uncertainty. You know, let me tell you something. I was talking to my daughter today, and my daughter was telling me that, you know, mommy, I feel like sometimes that. That when God talks, he gives you three words. And I want the whole sentence. You know, she said, I'm I'm going along. <laughs> she's looking for a new property. And she's like, I'm going along. And and I hear the spirit of God say, get on the bus and go down the street. And you're going to see a property. And she said, so I see the property. I even go in and the people show me the property. Property. They're like, you know, yeah, you can go in and you can see the door is locked, but at least you they have a glass door you can see inside. She looks inside, it has everything she needs. And she's like, okay, now what? And nothing. And God says, that's absolutely nothing. And she's like, I don't, she says, I don't understand why I get a go look instead of go look call and then the money's there and then you don't get the paragraph you don't get the whole paragraph you get a piece of a sentence you might get a few words I'm gonna tell you something I'm out here right now on a few words I don't have a sentence I don't have a paragraph yes me the planner, the analytical one. I don't have have a a full sentence. I don't have a paragraph. I don't have a book. I don't have anything. I'm just out here on a few words, on a few words. And the words don't even tie together to make a sentence. We have to learn to trust God, or we may find ourselves, we may find ourselves chained to a dead thing chained to a dead thing, chained to a dead thing. We have to be very, very careful. But Jesus told him to come out and he called his name legion. He said, for we are many. And you got to, you got to kind of understand a legion in natural terms. That was the largest Roman army. That's what they called them. And they averaged about 5,000 fighting men, 5,000. 5, fighting men and it could have been uh many more or a little less but it was always around that number and it legion refers to large numbers of beings large numbers of beings and um just to sidetrack for a minute, in Matthew, there's only one other mention of legion, and that is in Matthew when Jesus was being arrested. Remember that? And Peter chopped off the man's ear, and um, Jesus healed him, and he told Peter to put away his sword. Remember that over in Matthew 26? It was then that the Lord reminded Peter that if he needed help, he could have God send more than 12 legions of angels. This was... um how Jesus was showing that basically God is always in control. He's in control of all circumstances and he's in control of all situations, which we're going to find out as we go down in the text. So even if you find yourself, I said that to say, even if you find yourself in a place that you're not too sure, when did I move in here? And when did I allow myself to get chained to this? And when did I allow myself to get chained to this, to this tune? And to this, and and when when did things seemingly get so out of control? I'm here to tell you that Jesus always, always provides a way of escape. There are angels right now waiting for you to say the word, get me hints, and they will come as you up and out, out of that dead place. You don't have to stay there. I don't care what your circumstance is. I don't care what your situation is today. I don't even care how long you've been there. I don't care if you got chains around your hands and your feet like this gentleman does. I don't care if you've been experiencing and feeling the emotional and, and the even the spiritual and the mental, abu- physical even, abuse of the situation that you are in. I'm telling you today, you can call on the name of Jesus and he will lift you up out of there. He will lift you up out of that situation. He will lift you up out of that circumstance. Did I tell you that he was going to tell you where you were going? Nope, didn't say that. He's not going to tell you that. Why don't we trust? How about that? How about we trust God? How about we trust God and do what we feel God is leading us to say? See, because guess what? This is what I figured out. He gave me one word. I moved on the one word and he gave me another word. And I moved on that word and he gave me another word and I moved on that word and he gave me another word and I moved on that word. I'm beginning to think I'm about to get a sentence now. I'm starting to see the sentence forming. This thing is starting to look clear to me. Every day is not a good day. Every day is not an easy day. And today I was feeling like, okay, this is a, you know, fell forward day. Cause it seemed like everything was like, Oh, nope, that's not right. Nope. Do that again. Nope. That doesn't mean that. But the point is you stay focused. You stay on track with God. The Holy spirit will teach you what you need to know. And the Holy spirit will guide you into truth. He will guide you into truth and right standing, right standing where God is. I didn't say go run the gun, jump the gun ahead of God. Wait, wait for his direction wait for his word what is he telling you to do is he telling you to go l- listen what do you know right now what do you know right now go with what you know right now i've been on this all day long what do you know right now marie go then go with what you know right now and that way at least you're focused on what you know right now and you're not over here trying to mind god's business don't try to mind god's business just focus on what god is telling you right now and just do the one thing you know focus intently on the one One thing you do know, and the rest will manifest as you walk it out, as you walk it out. Verse 10 says, and he begged Jesus again and again, not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding in the nearby um, hillside, which (coughs) let me know that we're definitely in Greek territory because we know Jewish, they're not going to have pigs around. So we're definitely in Greek territory. The demons begged Jesus Send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and they went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in numbers. So, so the legion, it took, it took the legion went into another set of legions, went into another large body, went into another um, large number. They rushed down the steep of the bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off. And reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went went out to see what had happened. Okay, here it is. This is what caught my attention. When they came to Jesus, right? So remember, everybody knew about this guy. When they came to Jesus, they saw a man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. He was sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So you weren't afraid when he was in the tombs and you had to chain him and he was out of control, but you're afraid now that he's giving, uh, 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 uh just a, a, smidge of discipline that he's looking, uh, uh, sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And now you're afraid. Let, let's be clear some people want you to act a fool some people want you to be out of control it's when you are sitting there dressed and in your right mind that they get afraid that they get afraid so they're scared of you being a disciplined one and you're scared to be a disciplined one he is sitting there clothed dressed and in his right mind and now they're afraid those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Wait a minute. So he delivered the man that was torturing you. He delivered that man. He delivered the man that was torturing you. He delivered the man that several of you had to hold down and chain because he was so out of control. He delivered you from that. And now you're telling him, get out. You're not going to, you don't, there's nobody else that wants to be healed, that wants to be saved, that wants to be or healed or want to be delivered. There's nobody else that's going to believe that Jesus is indeed the savior of the world. Nobody else wants to believe that. What I'm trying to tell you is when faced with the, when faced with the, um, the disciplined truth, when faced with the truth of the matter, these people are faced with Jesus. When faced with the truth of the matter, Let's be very clear, so that we, because we get things mixed up. You're going to be rejected when people are faced with the truth. Usually, that means the person that's giving the truth is going to be rejected. Nobody. Let me tell you, I can count my friends on one hand. You, one finger. You, she knows who she is. When you, when you are faced with the truth, face to face with the truth. If you are the one that is giving that truth, then you will be rejected. That's a time of celebration. Run for that. Run run head on into that. Don't run away from that. When everybody wants you around and everybody's loving you and everybody wants you at their home and everybody wants you in their space and everybody wants to be around you be very afraid. There's some compromise around, sniffing around. There's some chains about to get latched on your wrist, and you're about to be bound and chained to the tunes. You're about to be bound and chained to the dead things. It's time. Listen, when we come with the word of God, you see, I think I think now I might have about 3,500 listeners all together. But there are people who are saying far less truth that have way more people don't want that is not people are not attracted to the truth because the truth requires change. The truth requires, it it forces maturity to catch up with wisdom. It pushes you to mature so you can catch up with understanding so that you can exercise a new discipline. So you can exercise a greater level of discipline. Most people like it where they're at. They like what they're doing. They like the tomb that they're chained to. It's comfortable. I can do whatever I want to in this tomb. I can I can yell out. I can be free. It's the undisciplined place. I don't have to be in control. I can do whatever I want to do. I can yell out. I can dance today. I can club tonight. Church tomorrow. I can I can wear my low cut dress. I can Wearing my tight clothes, I can do all of that from the tomb. But then I can switch it up, and I can be holy the next day. I can put, I can do whatever I want. I can be out of control in the tomb amongst the dead things because they ain't talking. They're not going to discipline me. They're not going to give me any truth. So I can be whatever I want to be in that dead place. So let's be very careful. Let's think about what we're saying here and let's be clear on our direction because if you're being, I said it before, I'm gonna repeat it. If you're being gathered into everyone's bosom, that's the wrong place to be. You're about to get some cuffs stabbed on your wrist and on your feet, on your ankles and you are about to be chained to some dead stuff. You don't want everybody around you. Everybody does not want the truth. You were born to give the truth. You were born to give people the truth of who God is. This is your destiny and this is your purpose. Don't forfeit it because you don't like the way rejection feels. I have, listen, I was birthed out of rejection. I was birthed out of rejection. I've lived through it my entire life and it doesn't, and I've learned that, I've learned that to be rejected is to be accepted by God. And I learned a long time ago that I'm not going to have 50 billion friends and 80 billion people wanting to be a part and hear what God is saying through me. I've learned that a long time ago. I've learned that I'm not going to be well liked. I've learned that I'm hardly loved. I've learned all these things, but I'm accepted. I'm accepted where? Amongst the beloved of Christ, because you understand. You understand truth. You you understand truth and you understand the purpose of truth. And you understand that it is there to mature you in God and to help you to grow up in God and get that understanding where you can live disciplined, where you can live a disciplined life. We have to be very, very careful when we're when we're uh just just wanting to be accepted and wanting to be appreciated and wanting to be loved and wanting, listen, God will give you. What you ask for now, he will give, but he will also give you what you need. I wanted to experience a family. And I asked God, can I have, I would like a husband. I would like to experience having my own children. I would like to experience motherhood. And he gave me that. And I consider that my gift. He gave me those gifts. He gave me the gifts. I have excellent leadership. I've always had excellent leaders in my life. They're gifts. They're gifts. When I'm writing, whether I'm writing, there's excellent editors around me, whether I'm doing music, there's excellent producers around me, God will give you gifts. And they are to be treated, yeah, as gifts. They are to be treated as gifts. And don't worry, it's not your job to worry about what you don't have and who's rejected you. Your only job is to bring them the truth. It's your only job. Your job is to bring them to truth. You don't worry about who's rejecting you when you have so, so, so many that are accepting you. You're putting your, it's like, um, to do that is like, I remember when I was younger and someone told me this, for you to do that, Marie, is you majoring on what's minor. You're making important what's absolutely has no value in your life. So don't worry about if they don't want to be your friend, That. That The fact that they don't want to be your friend and they're able to articulate that is a gift to you because now you don't have to waste your time. Now you don't have because I've always anybody know me as a child. I've always been that brutally honest. We didn't know it to be prophetic at the time. We just know if you ask Maurice, you won't get an honest answer. And sometimes it will hurt your feelings and sometimes you didn't want to be my friend anymore. But we have to be clear. It was always I was birthed to be who I am today just like your birth to be who you are in Christ. And so you don't let, as the kids say today, you don't let nobody dim your light. You know, don't let no, don't let what is what God has put in you be um don't don't allow yourself or anyone else to hide it under a bushel. Don't allow, don't allow that to happen. Be okay with who God created you to be. And the last thing is be okay with not having the full story. So I'm I'm just going to stop right there because I got a whole lot more. I can keep going for days. But again, we were in Mark 1, Mark 5, 1 through 20. And we were talking about and see what shall we call this? We shall call this chain to the tomb. I'm going to put that right in my notes, chain to the tomb. We're going to put that in there. And so this is what we were, we were talking about the fact that not so much. So um, looking at the tomb as, um, you know, like the physical thing that it was in this particular Greek era. But what does that look like to us today? And in simple terms, it's allowing yourself to be chained to dead things, understanding that you have power in God. And we know that because it took legions. It took many armies of demonic forces to chain this person to the dead things. Don't allow the enemy to coerce you into the dead place. Don't allow the enemy to chain you to the dead things. You've got power in God. You don't have to stay in the mentally, physically, emotionally abusive places. You don't even have to stay in quote unquote what some might say, the spiritually abusive places. Those are the places with the religious practices. Those are the places that... um that try to make you feel less than because you don't want to or cannot do all that they do every day. You know, you're just not as holy. This, Listen, stay with God. Your job is to keep your eyes on God. Stay with God. Do not allow the whole, all I'm talking about today, do not allow the enemy to bind you, to hold you, to chain you to what is dead. You are bigger than that. You are bigger than that. You are stronger than that. The power in God, the power that you have in God, honestly, you have to forfeit that power and submit to demonic forces for them to be able to chain you to the level that they had this gentleman chained the legions. The legions. That's what it takes. You got more power in God than you know. Stand up and take your rifle seat, open your mouth. And own the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Give it a try. Give it a try. Let me pray for you before you go. Let me give you um, a word of prayer. And then I will um, close out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you for everything that you're doing for us, and through us. I thank you, God, that you're opening our eyes. You're opening our eyes to what is around us and what has held us bound to it. I thank you, oh God, that today by choice, by the opening of our mouths, that God, we are released today from those chains that have been holding us to the dead things and the dead places. And I thank you, oh God, that you have caused us to walk in full power and full authority in Jesus name. I thank you, oh God, that you're causing our eyes to be open, that we might see the fullness, the fullness of who you are and that we would trust trust your word, trust your word, God, trust your word, and lean not to our own understanding, but acknowledge you, and everything that we do, God, I thank you, God, that you will, that we, our eyes are open, so the enemy will no longer cuff us, bind us to the dead things, and to- to the dead places and to the dead spirits and to that which is being buried over and over and over again. I thank you, God, that the ritual funeral practices are now crushed under our feet and we will no longer repeat. We will no longer repeat those practices. I thank you, oh God, that we, God, are of Focus people that we are a people that will walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called. We trust you, oh God, to guide our footsteps. Guide our footsteps, God. God, we 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 command our ears to hear your word now. No other word will we hear but yours. We command our feet to walk in the word that we have heard from you. In Jesus' name, I pray. I thank you, oh God, that your blood covers us and your blood protects us as we go. I thank you, oh God, that your provision is waiting for us as we go. And God, I ask you right now, God, for everyone who's under the sound of my voice, God, that you would cause us, God, to zero in on your presence, God, not looking to the left or the right, but fix our eyes like a flint on you. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, for every leader, God, everyone that leads a people, God, I pray that you will strengthen them, strengthen them in their hearts, strengthen them in their mind, put a blood-covered hedge of protection around them. I bind the spirit of discouragement. I crush it under my feet. I bind the spirit of forfeiture. I it under my feet i command you leader to stand up strong stand up strong bold as you as the lion you are and i come as the lioness you are i command you i command you to walk fully holy in the promises of god i thrust you into the promises of god for your life in the name of jesus if you're under the sound of my voice men and women of god i thrust you into the path into the path of jesus christ i thrust your foot your foot into his path In Jesus' name, guide Holy Spirit, lead Holy Spirit, lead Holy Spirit, teach grace, teach grace in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. If you'd like to donate to this podcast, the information is on the bottom of your screen i thank you so much for joining me and remember until next week don't let go don't let go i'll see you on next month oh wait a minute maybe i won't let's see i thank you so much for joining though and i will see you on I'm not sure. I shall see you on Mondays at 7. I know that. <laughs> Everyone, have a good evening. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> there's so much more on inside. I said so much more on the inside. Don't let go. The season for you is getting ready to change. I know you've been taking so much time. Don't have the negative. You